Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans teaching. Today, I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. As always, I'm just excited to dig into the bread of life and and pray and ask the Lord to give us our daily bread today. But before we do that, just a minute. We have 51 letters from inmates from all over Arkansas, Texas, uh, even other states. And what we do is here at Crossway Church, we mail five expositor study Bibles every single week, five a week, leather-bound expositor study Bibles. They get a a Microsoft Word copy of my book, All God's Word, Uh, All God's works are done in truth. We mail five every single week. We put their name and address right here. We mail them. 51 letters. We are behind. That's $1,680-something worth of Bibles. Uh, We mail five a week. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to ask for your help to go to thecrosswaychurch.com, our website, hit the donate button, and I want to ask you to pray about hitting the monthly. Just click on the, the thing there, the, the tab that lets you automatic monthly donation to help us get these Bibles into the inmates' hands. These are letters requesting these Bibles. These are the Bibles they're asking for. It takes us, it costs $33 a Bible by the time we mail it. And uh, we're not asking you to help us make any money. There's none to be made. This is all spent toward this effort. And for every penny you give, it will go to that if that's what you designate when you give that you want it to go for. So I encourage you, uh, pray about that. I mean, just imagine sitting in the prison system, whether you're saved and you've made a mistake or you're lost and without Christ altogether. This is the Bible that they need. God can work through any Bible, but this is the best study Bible on the planet. It explains the entirety of the Bible as it relates to Christ and Him crucified. And that's the power of God, the Bible says, that we need. Amen? So one last thing, camp meeting starts tonight. Determined camp meeting right here at Crossway Church. Uh, If you live anywhere in the area, I encourage you to come be a part of that. Uh, We'll have eight ministers coming in from uh, different states, different areas, coming to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'm excited about it. Uh, Man, there's people coming from uh, Ohio, Georgia, uh, Palestine, Texas, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana. We've got a great schedule put together for you, and Pastor Wayne Voss will be leading things off tonight at 6 p.m. right here at Crossway Church. Be sure and watch the broadcast on my Facebook page, Pastor Curtis, or our website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Until we get a new computer, we're not going to be able to stream the third stream, uh, YouTube, until we get that new computer after camp meeting. So I encourage you to help us with that too. It's a $4,000 cost for that computer alone. So it costs money to have to have the equipment to be able to do the things we do to get this glorious gospel out, this message of the cross that we've determined to know, to preach, to teach, nothing else but this. So I encourage you Help us do that. Well, let's jump right in today into the book of Romans. We are in chapter 3. I'm excited to be in chapter 3 today. We're really going to talk about something that's very important today. 
And it's not that the entirety of God's word is not important. It all is. Every word is important. But as we get here in the book of Romans, we, we see some powerful things that, that the Christian has to know if they're going to live in victory. And, and today, uh, let's just uh, look back just from last session. This today is part six of Romans chapter three. There were 11 parts to chapter two, 23 parts to chapter one. They're all free for you to go and avail yourself to on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. There's several playlists. Just click on the Romans playlist. There they are for you. Start in, in part one of chapter one and get your Bibles and let's learn the Word of God together. But as we backtrack just from last session, the emphasis was between verse 9 and verse 8. Unrighteous, unless God intervenes. Not one that seeks God, not one that understands, not one. Not one. Not one righteous. There was none. Adam was the first representative man put here by God without uh, the reproduction taking place, created, formed him out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him, and he became a living soul. And he represented the entirety of the human race. And when he fell into sin, that eliminated the entire human race from righteousness. When he fell into sin, that eliminated the entire human race from righteousness after their own works. So God had to send the last Adam, his son Jesus Christ, not formed of the dust of the ground, but born of the Virgin Mary, who had always existed God in the flesh. Hallelujah. The living word become flesh that he might represent us again to God and not only represent us, but reconcile us to God. Oh, that'll make you shout right there. We're no longer separated. We're no longer without righteousness if our faith is in Christ and what he accomplished for us at Calvary. The, the, the atonement for our sins, we've been given, not earned. We've been given the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through our simple faith in him. Not works of the law, not works of any law, not any good deeds, which is law, not reading a book and doing three things the author tells you to do to find salvation or deliverance or sanctification. That's law too. Anything you do is law if it's for salvation or sanctification. And somebody said amen. Glory to God. So that's the emphasis of the last session was that there's none, no Jew even, no Gentile for sure. Not even the Jews were righteous unless God intervenes through their faith in the sacrifice and that's it. Only through the sacrifice can righteousness be granted and you must be righteous to get to heaven. Your righteousness from what you do, you won't get in heaven. Jesus told the people of his day in Matthew 5 and 20, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the fair, Pharisees, Sadducees, in no wise will you enter the kingdom of heaven. They, what righteousness was it of those Sadducees and Pharisees? They were using God's word to work for righteousness, but without Christ. Faith not in Christ, that gets you hell, not heaven. 
Hear me. Using God's Word out of its righteous context gets you hell. People at the great white throne judgment one day will say, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? Listen, we did many wonderful works in your name and the Lord is going to say to them the most horrible words that could ever be spoken. I don't know who you are. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. There is only that knowing of God toward us through our faith in what He did in His Son on the cross that grants us, not we didn't earn it, that gives us freely because He loves us. He gave His Son. We believe in Him. He imputes unto us that righteousness. Glory to God. That's good news, my friend, because you can't work for it. And even if you could work some particular thing for it, what if this man couldn't do that thing? Then that means he was disqualified because he couldn't do it. And that's, what, that's what's behind all those who teach, you must, do, you must do this. Do it. Not talking about faith in the cross. You must do this to be saved. That comes from those who are under the law self-righteousness. If I must do something myself to be righteous, that's called, here it comes, it's kindergarten, my friends, self-righteousness. And it comes in a subtle form because we have a Bible that tells us to do so many things, but those things are only found literally, legitimately being done by the Holy Spirit through us if our faith is in Christ and His finished, oh, somebody say finished, His finished work alone. Not my works. The, the works we're called to do are only in Christ and they're only found after we're baptized into Christ by being baptized into His death, Romans 6, 3, through faith in what He did at Calvary. There are no works that you can do that can get you into Christ. All the works are in Christ. So that means before you're in Christ, there is no works that can be committed that God would call true works. Think about that. You don't have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you to do any work until you believe in Christ and what He did at Calvary. So therefore, anything you do, somebody's telling you you have to be water baptized to be born again. That's because they're not looking at, the fin they're not looking at God's Word through the finished work of Jesus Christ. They don't really think that's finished. They don't understand the word finished. They don't really believe it's finished. If it was finished, then they would simply just have to believe in the finished work and walk in that which is finished, and then the works that uh, uh, emanate from His finished work would flow in and through us. Somebody said amen. You know, and we're going to see something today that really explains a lot to us in the Word of God here in Romans chapter 3. Where we will take off today is in verse 19. This is very profound. It Really, it's only going to be understood by those who the Lord is able to bring back to faith in the cross. Everybody that's out there that's still trusting in the purpose-driven and the government of 12 and they're fasting for deliverance, they're fasting for the, the deliverance from sin, all these things, uh, listen... The only place salvation exists 
is in Christ and His sacrificial work on the cross. The only place deliverance from sin, from bondage, from anything, the only place provision is offered by the Lord is through faith in the finished work, the death of Jesus, that sacrificial work. And as long as someone is out there thinking what they're in is really working for them, see, that puffs up. Because that will keep you from being lowly and humbly coming back to Calvary and receiving the grace that you could be receiving. Because you're not getting grace out there trusting in anything other than Calvary. You're not getting grace. That's not grace. Grace is God working in you, through you, for you, to you, doing something you can't earn, you don't deserve, something that needs to be done that you can't do yourself. God's grace is God at work. Amen. And God only works in truth, Psalms 33 and 4 tells us that. All His works are done in truth. So as long as our faith is in the truth, as long as we're obeying the truth, and as long as we don't move into the boat the Galatians moved into where they stopped obeying the truth, which is faith in the cross, that's that's when they became obedient to the truth. They stopped believing in the cross, and Paul shows up and says, who's bewitched you that you no longer are obeying the truth? Amen. Somebody's hearing this today, and I thank God for the opportunity to share it. You've got millions and millions in our own nation that'll tell you you're not saved unless you do this, do that. They say that because they're looking at God's word out of its context. You must first always look through the cross and onto the pages of God's word. Why? Because all his words, the whole Bible, are in righteousness. And righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. Let me give you this other scripture I just quoted, Proverbs 8 and 8. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Every word God has ever spoken, it'll do you preachers good to grab a hold of this revelation so the power of God can come back into your churches and your people can literally begin to grow in the spiritual things of the Lord instead of just being more and more faithful to clean the toilet and and show up for church and do those things. Listen, when you begin to understand the Word of God in its righteous context, and that's the only way God spoke it, and the only way you'll understand it, grasp it, and it become a revelation, God's Word become revelation to you is if you look through the gospel into the word. Not because you were saved some time ago. Now just because you came in by the gospel that the word of God can do what? No. You must look through the cross the finished work to understand every word in the Bible. Remember the spirit of God is going to speak truth, reveal truth to you. Jesus told us that. When the Spirit of truth comes, the Comforter comes, He's going to reveal the truth to you. Well, Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth, here we're talking about the Holy Spirit, shows forth righteousness. If you're not seeing the righteousness of Christ, it's not the Holy Spirit teaching you. The Holy Spirit teaching you, He's teaching truth. He's teaching truth. And when He's teaching truth, righteousness is being revealed. And that's not of your own righteousness because truth is not you having your own righteousness. Truth is a man named Jesus, what He did at Calvary, 
Because that's the only thing about Christ that will liberate you. And Jesus said, when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. He is the truth, so what about Him is it that made me free? It's what He did at Calvary. And when I believed in Him, he, Him that knew no sin but became my sin offering, then He made me. We were able to be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, it's through the cross, which is the gospel, which is the truth. The word of the truth of the gospel is your Bible. If it's not the word of the truth of the gospel, it's out of context. And there will be confusion and there will be much strife, there will be much division, but if it's in context, listen to me, it's not going to hold you under the law. You're not going to be a minister of the letter of the law, but you're going to be a minister of the, the Spirit the New Testament, the new covenants of the Spirit and of righteousness. Make a note, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. Praise God, that's good news. Listen now, verse 19 in chapter 3 of Romans. Now we know, and I like that word we, because it talks about we who are walking in the revelation that Paul had of the cross. See, this is good. It's not just everybody. It's not even all Christians because I speak from experience having, like Peter did, remove myself from grace and put myself back under law. How many of you ever read that about Peter? the great apostle, the man God greatly used in Galatians chapter 2. You can read about Peter jumping up and leaving the Gentiles and joining the ranks of the Judaizers again, the legalists, and having to be rebuked in love by Paul and what Paul stood and preached to him. This is so amazing. What Paul stood and preached to Peter reminded Peter of in the face, in his face, to his face, in the presence of the whole company because he had even led others, Barnabas included, astray, Paul stood up and reminded him that we're justified by faith. He didn't start talking about Peter. You don't understand sanctification, even though he didn't. But Paul stood up and started talking about justification. Go back and read that in Galatians chapter 2. It'll really bless your heart to know that Peter even jumped up and has did what we've done. And it took Paul a while to get this. You need to understand that. And I said, that's why. What we've done, we got saved and we, our zeal was so much and, and I'm on fire for God, wanted to serve God that someone came along or we picked up a book and we found ourselves back under the law. If I'll just do this, this, and this, I'll have the power of God. If I'll do this, I can get deliverance. If I do, it ain't about you doing for salvation. Any part of salvation, you cannot include you doing it's about Christ having already done, praise God. So watch this. Now, we know. Why don't you just say that? I know. I know God because he's brought me back to faith in the cross. Hallelujah. Maybe you won't say that because you're listening, but you just don't really know about all this. Well, if you're born again, you ought to know about it. Because this, to a born-again child of God, register, stirs the heart when truth is being proclaimed. Watch this now. Now, this is the Lord through Paul speaking into the church in Rome. Now, we know that what things soever the law is saying, it's saying it to them who are under the law. See, that's good news to me because I'm not under the law. I'm under grace, and the law don't speak to me. 
In these last days, God's speaking to me by His Son that bought, brought grace and truth. Hallelujah. I'm under grace. Look, look at Romans chapter 6, two or three pages over. Romans 6, 14, the Bible says, For sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under the law, but under grace. See, if the law is speaking to you, it's because you're under it. And if you're under it, it has dominion over you. Mm. I was there. I've been there. I don't like being there. Because there, the benefits of grace cannot happen. That's what the whole letter was written to the church in Galatia concerning. If you do go back with them and get back in that boat of circumcision or the government of twelve, whatever you're trusting in outside of the finished work of Christ, it doesn't matter if you think you have to go get a tattoo to minister to bikers, to people who have tattoos. That's law. You think you have to do something to minister to people. And the power, my friend, God says, is in the preaching of the cross, not your tattoo, not your motorcycle, not your horse and buggy, not your bandana, not your... The power is in the gospel. And the Lord doesn't use the rich to minister to the rich. He doesn't use the poor. The Lord uses the gospel. Period. He only uses the gospel. That's all he's ever used. Cain refused it, just like many today are refusing it. Even most Christians today, well, I'm saved through the blood, but there's more than that. There's not more than that. And when you say more than that, now what I'm talking about, there's not more than that for the experience of salvation, for the experience of sanctification, for the experience of the power of God for deliverance from sin. The cross was enough. And some may be watching me and saying, well, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, that is to be a witness unto God for ministry. That's for ministry. That's not for salvation and deliverance from sin. Many have made it that. They have no biblical grounds through the righteous gospel of Christ seen that way that they can make it be that. The Bible plainly defines it that you will be endued with power to be a witness unto God. Amen. We've turned it into being uh, just a big blowout party within the walls of the church. Let me tell you something. If that's all you've got going with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need to back up and repent and ask God to help you and to fill you and to fill you with power that will endue you with power that will make you a witness unto Him. That's not talking about just getting together and jumping up and down, speaking in tongues. Praise God for the church services where that happens. Glory to God. But if you're not a witness unto God outside the walls of the church, my friend, you need to question your filling. You need to question what's, what you got, think you got going on. Now, I didn't come to teach on that, but you need to understand that. If he endues you with power, it is for the purpose of being a witness unto him. And when that's used for something outside of that, specifically and only exclusively for inside of a church building, you've missed the point. You've missed the point. So we're not under law if we keep our faith in the cross. 
If we move our faith from the cross, even though the cross got us in the kingdom, we're headed to heaven. He'll never leave us or forsake us. But the book of Galatians says we can remove ourselves from Him. Galatians 1.6. Galatians 5.1-4 says that we can walk in a place now where Christ no longer benefits us, no longer affects us with the things He died for us to be able to have as He's been resurrected from the dead to be the mediator of the new covenant to, to hand out the blessings. But if our faith moves from the cross to anything else, we remove ourselves from being under grace and we go back under law. And then we cannot walk after the Spirit under the law. It's only under grace that we can walk after the Spirit. Praise God. This is good stuff today. Now think about this. The law only speaks to those who are under the law. So when the man gets in the pulpit or he shows up on your doorstep or he, 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 he's, he's talking to you on your job and, and he's telling you that you're really not saved if you're not water baptized. You're really not saved if you haven't done this, if you haven't done that. If you're not uh, water baptized in the name of Jesus, a formula. You're really not saved unless you have done and whatever they name should be a witness to you from God's Word that they're under the law, it's speaking to them, and they're trying to speak the law to you. But you will have to fight the good fight of faith, especially if it's someone that you honor and you value the relationship, such as a, a grandmother or a mother or a dad. Don't listen, don't fall from grace just because your mother or dad has fallen from grace. Because on, at the judgment, you say, point to mom and dad, the Lord's going to say, put your hand down. It wasn't about what mom and dad did, there are no excuses. That people make excuses under the law. You understand that? Romans 2, 14 and 15, we, we covered it. Go back and watch the lessons on this. Under the law, we excuse sin or we accuse of sin. Under the law, we blame others. Under grace, we accept the responsibility of our sin. We repent with our faith in the cross. We walk in newness of life. We don't blame everybody else. Think about that. Don't fall from grace just because your preacher fell from grace. Don't fall from grace just because your son, your daughter, your father, your mother, your best friend. Most people are sitting under preachers every Sunday morning across this great nation. Every Sunday morning, the majority of God's people are sitting under preachers who are under the law. How do you know that? Because they're not preaching God's Word in its righteous context. They're not pointing you to God, to what God did in Christ on the cross. They'll point you there for salvation, but they're not pointing you there to be able to walk in the path of righteousness and bear forth the fruits of righteousness. And that's the same place you have to walk. Jesus is not only the door, but He is the path. And the same thing that opened the door, your faith in the cross, keeps you going in the path. Think about that. That's powerful. And when you let anybody, even using God's Word with theological sounding good stuff like the Judaizers did, they used God's Word to do works without Christ. 
And it is without Christ if your faith is not in the redemption plan of Christ. If my faith today is not in the cross, my faith is not in Christ. Think about that. If you're arguing with this, you can't prove what you're arguing about. If my faith is not in the sacrificial work of Christ, it is not in Christ. It's in another Jesus. Think about that. So let's get back to this. Anyone that comes into your life speaking to you, telling you, let's just forget initial salvation, you're already born again, and now you're looking for that which God is working in, that which God is going to pour out on you, that which God is going to uh, instruct and give you the direction for your ministry and the victory in your marriage, that which is going to bring deliverance for you, your spouse, your and, and unity in your family. You're looking for that which will bring the move of God. It is that which brought the move of God to save you. The gospel, the preaching of the cross is the power of God. We've been in all sorts of things where every wind of doctrine that blew through town, we jumped on the bandwagon. We jumped on the purpose driven, went and bought the book, highlighted the things, and started going out and knocking doors and asking people were they in church. If they said no, we, we asked them what we would have to change about our church to get them in our church. And like it's all about changing to fit them. No, it's about preaching the gospel. If they come, they come. They get saved and they eternally live with God. If they reject what the church should be preaching is the gospel, then, they'll, then they won't live with God eternally. Uh, but think about that. We jumped on the government of 12. We jumped on the words you speak. Our faith was in the words we spoke. And listen, even if it's the word of God you're speaking, if your faith is in the words you speak, then that means your faith is not in the cross. There's only one object of faith God has given the church and all people. There's just one. It's the sacrifice. Cain walked away. Cain wouldn't have anything to do with it. Many are there today. They don't want to have anything to do with it. They think that they've got something new. And what we really want, it's in the root of our evil hearts. We really want our church to be the church that God finally says, See there, I told all of you that they're right. You're all wrong. Line up. We'll build a massive facility because you all need to be. With. That's what's in the root of most of the church's heart. It's been revealed to those who come back to the cross. You can't see how muddy the glass is until you get out of it and come back to Calvary. Praise God. Those who are under the law, the law is speaking to them. And they're speaking the law to others. If you're under the law, you're preaching the law. You're not preaching God's Word and pointing people to Calvary. You're preaching God's Word as the legalists did and pointing them to what they must do. Even already saved. Listen, if you've got 40, 50 people or 500 or 5,000 in your church, no, forget 5,000 because the, 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 the probability of 5,000 in one place and all being saved is hmm, uh, not very probable these days. So let's just say you've got 40 people in your church and you know that you know they've all been, they're all born again, they're all believers in Christ, there's no doubt. What are you preaching to them? What are you preaching to a bunch of saved people now? Are we just maintaining? Are we just doing little 20-minute devotions and, and having meals and, and just rubbing shoulders and going home? Or are we preaching the gospel in God's Word to them? Because we have to maintain and we have to fight to maintain 
our faith in the cross of Jesus Christ because it's not an easy thing to keep your faith there because relatives, co-workers, friends, almost any ministry you turn to on television or listen to on radio is going to preach the Word and then what you got to do to find the power of God instead of the Word pointing to the cross, the only righteous context of Calvary. See, most won't agree, but they don't love me enough to come face to face and disagree like Paul did with Peter, and this is why they don't have a leg to stand on. Some in our own community right here will, will, t- will say this, that you can't find what, this what we preach today in the Word. You just have to get it by the Spirit. You better run from that, my friend. You better run from that. And we'll, we'll start right here next time because this is really good. We've gone over our half-hour session. But uh, be sure and catch all the episodes at my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. They're all there. Avail yourself to them. They're free, free of charge. Take notes, pray, ask the Lord to give you the daily bread you need, and I guarantee it He will. I love you. He loves you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you.